the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth with us. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido. Hey, Alicia. Happy Friday. Good morning, Gabby. Good morning. Happy Friday. And today is the March for Life in our nation's capital is yes. starting. Wow. So much. Such <laughs> a big day uh, for so many praying for life. So we want to keep all of those pilgrims in prayer as they march on our nation's capital. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll start. The, it's also the Feast of St. Sebastian. So we learned that he is the patron saint of athletes and um for what, what was the other one gabby and and for a, a a holy death but there's one more thing yes. he's a patron saint of but we'll find out with franciscan media saint of the day a little later this morning mm-hmm. let's start with prayer in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit Grant us, we pray, O Lord, a spirit of fortitude, so that taught by the glorious example of your martyr, St. Sebastian, we may learn to obey you rather than men. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Sebastian, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with Dr. Stanton McNeely. He's a president of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans. He has an update for us, which means they have a lot of stuff going on. So looking forward to speaking with Dr. Stanton. In 18 minutes, Margaret Lovecraft joins us. She works for St. Agnes Parish in Baton Rouge, which is a lovely parish, beautiful, beautiful church. And she's going to be talking about the Feast of St. Agnes. And according to Franciscan Media's calendar, which I'm looking at right now, it is uh, tomorrow on Saturday the 21st. So we're going to learn about this powerful and strong woman saint that is St. Agnes. I love learning more about her. She's one of my favorites. And in 35 minutes, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us, and Terry Dixon will be with us in 48 minutes. He's the director of communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and editor with the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. He will update us on all the happenings over along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So it's going to be a very informative show, fun guests, and looking forward to it today. That's right, Gabby. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that gorgeous weather yesterday. It really was a beautiful day because today we're kind of getting some cloud coverage throughout the day that's coming in our listening area. The highs will be seasoned 
reasonably cool in the lower 60s. Tonight, those clouds will increase as rain chances go up through the night. The lows will dip into the lower 40 or the upper 40s and lower 50s at, and bringing in some showers and thunderstorms that will happen on Saturday. It will remain cool with highs in the mid 50s and lower 60s on Saturday. So temperatures in our area, Baton Rouge is currently 45 degrees, New Orleans 51, Ponchatoula 43, and in Biloxi, Mississippi, the temperature is currently 46 degrees. So it's a little chilly Mm. morning this morning, uh, (laughs) but uh, we're going to Enjoy that day before that rain comes on Saturday. So we hope that you'll stick around. Uh, Dr. Stanton McNeely, president of the University of Holy Cross, will join us after this morning's gospel. It is five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Good Friday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Mark chapter 3. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him, and he might send them forth to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he named Boandres, that is, sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It is eight past the hour on Wake Up, the Sons of Thunder. I love watching them on The Chosen. (laughs) Of course, I love all 12 apostles, but they're just fun to watch. Dr. Stanton McNeely joins us next. He's a president of the University of Holy Cross, and he joins us today for a quick update. Good morning, Dr. McNeely. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. It's great to be with you as always. Wonderful. Well, let's talk about the spring semester. So we are off to a great start. Uh, and you started uh, not too long ago. And that inc- that's for a lot of universities as well. So how's it going so far? It's going very well, Gabby. Thank you. We're, we're, we're very blessed that we started last fall in calm conditions, no hurricane, no pandemic impact. And we're also blessed, of course, we're off to a great start with this spring semester at the University of Holy Cross. We started our classes this Tuesday, which is, which is exciting in so many ways to have our students back on campus, our faculty teaching with them. And of course, we continue to have our wonderful staff helping students. And that includes our late registration that continues under way. We, we have students still registering for our classes for this spring to continue their education with us at the University of Holy Cross, and we're continuing that through this coming Tuesday, January 24th. For those who are maybe, they have a lot going on, they are registering kind of late, can they still do that? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the, the, the nature of a lot of our students, especially in the spring semester, is they've got a lot going on with family, with church, with mm-hmm. community, with, with other commitments, with work. And so 
we give them that opportunity through late registration through next Tuesday, January 24th. And all they need to do, Gabby, is just give us a call. They can call our admissions office and have a real person answer the phone and help them out. That number is 504-398-2175. Or if they choose to email, they could do that by emailing admissions at uhcno.edu. And one of our team will respond to them right away and help them get set up for class. Wonderful. Make that push. A lot of people make those New Year's resolutions where they want to seek a higher education. Maybe UHCNO is the place where you can do that. Let's talk, Dr. McNeely. One of my favorite things to talk about every year when we have you join us is your crawfish cook-off. Yes, yes. We're, we're, of course, super excited that we're able to have this event this coming spring. It's actually coming up very quickly. I know we're in January, and it's really just the very, very beginnings of crawfish ball season. But uh, one of the things we're excited to do is have this event to support student scholarships at the University of Holy Cross. As we know in South Louisiana, we love our seafood. We love being part of a community and coming together for a wonderful cause, together in prayer, together in education, together in community. And, and one of the things we're doing with this event, which will be held March 11th at the University of Holy Cross campus, is welcome everyone along with great fun, great teams to support the student scholarships at the university. And we have a tremendous opportunity for families, for kids, for everyone to come and have a great time. My goodness. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's also a plan to host a scholarship workshop for high school students. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, and this is a free service to families, to the community. Uh, we did this this past fall. One of our graduates actually is providing the opportunity. She, when she was applying to the University of Holy Cross, she was a first-generation student. She took it upon herself. Mm. She um, found on her own research $900,000 in scholarships. So she wants to take that blessing forward and help the next generation of students. And so we're grateful that she provides this service. It's open to the community. Like you said, Gabby, it's March 4th at the University of Holy Cross campus, and all are welcome. And for both events, Gabby, the, the uh, crawfish ball that follows on March 11th, um, everyone can just go to our website at uhcno.edu to get more information about both events. Dr. Stanton, we have you join us for the start of the fall semester, spring semester. We love receiving updates from the University of Holy Cross. What makes the University of Holy Cross right there on the West Bank in New Orleans so unique? I, I think it's truly our mission. Our mission, granted by God through the Marianites of Holy Cross, our sponsors, as a Catholic university, to educate and form both the hearts and minds of our students. So often today, Gabby, in, in education, it's all about transaction. I pay for credits, mm -hmm. I pay for a degree, and that's helpful for people. But what we like to do is lift their spirits as well. And, and that's the critical difference, I think, and the beauty of what we do at the University of Holy Cross is, is give that person an opportunity, regardless of their faith background, but of course as a Catholic university, to really lift their hearts and minds to be a better person and a prophetic presence in our ever-changing world. Thank you so much, Dr. Stanton McNeely, President of the University of Holy Cross in New Orleans. One more time, where can they go to find out more information? uhcno.edu, or if you'd like to give us a call, it's 504-394-7744. Thank you so much, Dr. Stanton, for joining us today. Thank you, Gabby. Take care. God bless. Absolutely. You too, and have a wonderful weekend. 
So we have people marching in D.C. today for the March for Life, and it just brings back so many memories. I went to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., I think five or six times, and just absolutely one of the best experiences of my entire life. So please keep these young people, adults, people of all faiths who are walking for life and marching for life. Uh, I know that uh, you know we have a few buses from the local high schools who have gone up there, so we continue to march. And yesterday I posted on our Facebook page, Archbishop Amen speaking to the young people, high schoolers in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, like he does every Thursday night, Wednesday, Thursday night when they arrive. Uh, and it's just such a wonderful, wonderful time for these young people that they will never forget. So please keep them in your prayers. And of course, as soon as I see updates from the Archdiocese or the Diocese of Baton Rouge, I will post it on our Facebook page so you can keep up to date with that. You can go to facebook.com slash Catholic Community Media. Also, you can join in on the Louisiana uh, Life March tomorrow morning as well. You can go to prolifelouisiana.org to keep up to date with information. Of course, their Facebook page as well, because the weather looks kind of eh, iffy. So definitely take a look at those updates. Margaret Lovecraft joins us to talk about the Feast of St. Agnes when we return from the break. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 20th. Today we celebrate Saint Sebastian. We know little about the life of today's saint, but we do know it was heroic. That's why the Church honors the late 3rd century martyr who is considered the patron saint of archers, as well as physicians, soldiers, and many police associations. Though Sebastian is often depicted in art pierced with arrows, it is believed he did not die from such wounds. The Emperor Diocletian, who ordered the death of Sebastian, his crime being a Christian, was infuriated when Sebastian recovered from arrow wounds. So the Emperor chose a more certain weapon. He had Sebastian clubbed to death. Devotion to the young martyr spread rapidly. He was buried in Rome on the Appian Way, probably near the present Basilica of St. Sebastian. He was also venerated as a Roman martyr in Milan, suggesting that he might have been born or educated there. The fact that many of the early saints awakened widespread devotion and great praise is proof of the heroism of their lives. The legends about St. Sebastian may not be literally true, yet they reveal the faith and courage evident in his life. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. Thank you so much for joining us for Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido. We are streaming live on our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com and search Catholic Community Re Media and watch us live on there right now. You can also click the subscribe button and also click on the bell. And every time we go live, you will never miss episode of Wake Up because you will be notified on your phone. So join us this morning live. 
And Margaret Lovecraft joins us next. She is from St. Agnes Parish. She works on the Bulletin, which I think is one of the most important jobs, honestly, in a parish because it, it, it tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in the parish for the week, for the month. And we appreciate anyone and everyone who works on the church bulletins in Baton Rouge. And she's going to be working or talking to us today about the Feast of St. Agnes. Good morning, Margaret. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're talking about a wonderful and strong woman saint today, and I love learning more about these powerful saints. Tell us a little bit more about St. Agnes. According to Franciscan Media, we actually celebrate her feast day tomorrow. That's right. Um, she actually um, has some things in common with St. Sebastian. Um, they were both persecuted under the same um, uh, they were both martyred, rather, under the same persecution of Diocletian. Um, things had been relatively calm under Diocletian, but um, around 303, um, he implemented some new laws that were designed to try to destroy the church. And um, it was the last and worst persecution of the early church. So St. Agnes um, was martyred, we believe, around the year 304. She was young. Um, probably around age 13 and wow. she has the double crown of virgin and martyr um, she came from a wealthy um, prominent Roman Christian family and around the age of 10 she had consecrated herself to Jesus uh, as a virgin she was a beautiful charming uh, young girl and of course around that age 13 was you know, you were considered marriageable, and she had many suitors, but she always told them, Jesus is my only spouse. Mm. Well, um, one of these suitors was very angry about that. They believe it may have been the son of the prefect of Rome, and reported her to the authorities. And had she agreed to marry, her sentence uh, as for being a Christian would have been commuted, but she refused to marry. Um, they then um, ordered her to... Uh, worship at a pagan god's altar, which she also refused. Um, and then uh, there's some, kind of with St. Sebastian, there's there's some things that we are pretty certain about and other things that may have been kind of myths. But at any rate, um, she was definitely beheaded by sword. Um, but there's the tradition that she was... Um, <clears throat> threatened or they tried to burn her, I guess, you know, and the flames Goodness. would not touch her. There was also the tradition that um, they tried to violate her um, uh, her purity by taking her to a brothel, which would have been in the area of the Stadium of Domitian back then. They had these arcades around the stadium, and uh, the tradition is that uh, when the aggressor tried to, to, you know, touch her, he was struck blind. Um, and finally, just with, in anger, they, um, the soldiers just beheaded her there. And so this was um, in the area which is now known as the Piazza Navona in um, Rome. And there's a church there called St. Agnes in Agone, which doesn't mean agony. Um, Agone comes from Circus Agonalis, so Agone is um, athletics. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they were... Um, this area used to be an, an athletic stadium place, so that's where she was actually um, martyred. And her skull is found in that church of St. Agnes in Agone, 
Um, <clears throat> however, her remains were actually buried outside in the catacombs uh, outside of Rome. And there's a basilica there now today called St. Agnes outside the walls. So that's um, uh, where her remains are. My goodness. Uh, sometimes it's just so tragic to hear what these saints have gone through, especially during that time. Such a young age and at 10 years old to say the word I consecrate my or the phrase I consecrate myself. Uh, that's such a mature thing to say, but kind of unusual. I, I you know, knowing the 10 year olds I know now, <laughs> but it's just amazing to hear that. And tell us a little bit more about who she is the patron saint of. Well, she, there's a number of causes and, and individuals that she's considered patron saint of. Um, the two that I think I'm, I was most struck by is she's the patron saint of chastity, and she's mm-hmm. the patron saint of engaged couples. Wow. She is also the patron saint of rape survivors and the children of Mary, so she is a, a wonderful person to reflect on and and pray to as well. Um, Such a young age, born to a wealthy family, and it's amazing how many suitors have gone up to her and she just kind of said, no, I give my life to God. Um, That's a really powerful example, especially for young women today, I think, uh, to to look toward. Yes, very much so. Um, And in, in our day and age, when we have such horrendous things as, you know, sexual mm-hmm. trafficking and such. Um, I think mm-hmm. she could be a real inspiration to, to young women. Absolutely. So, Margaret, you work for St. Agnes Parish. You handle the bulletin and the website. And thank you so much for doing that as well, because that's where people find out information. How has your parish maybe devoted itself to St. Agnes? And how can we maybe learn more about her when we step into your church? We have a lot of images of St. Agnes, um, and we also very much celebrate her um, her feast day. Tomorrow we'll be having Mass at 8 o'clock. Uh, everyone's welcome to come. And on Sunday we're going to be having Vespers at 5 o'clock, which we do um, occasionally. We don't do it every week, but we do it for special feast days, so we're doing um, Vespers at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Um, but yes, at St. Agnes, we have Im- images of her from the moment you walk in the, the archway over the um, exterior doors. You can see images of her life um, and several statues, stained glass windows of, of St. Agnes there. Um, we have been praying a novena to St. Agnes, and we also are going to celebrate um, what's called the second feast day of St. Agnes which is really unusual. Um, so her feast day is January 21st, and the second feast day of St. Agnes is on the octave of her feast day. Um, so that'll be a week from tomorrow. And we will be celebrating that as well at 10 a.m. with the Latin Mass. Um, mm. And we believe that the, the reason there is such a thing as the second feast day of St. Agnes is, well, for one thing, uh, of course, she's a very, very ancient saint, and there was a time when octaves of saints' feast days were were celebrated. Um, there's another um, legend, I don't well, tradition, that St. Agnes appeared to her parents um, on the octave of her martyrdom. They were praying at her tomb, and she appeared with a crown of, of flowers on her head with a, a choir of virgins and a lamb by her side. And, of course, the lamb... Um, represented our Lord, her divine spouse. 
So that's another reason why there may be a celebration on that particular day of, of her, um, the octave of her feast day, of, yeah, the octave of her martyr. My goodness, uh, we appreciate all this information. And, you know, the reason I wanted to highlight St. Agnes Parish in Baton Rouge is because a lot of these buildings that we can go and, and, and see St. Agnes are overseas, but we can go right here in our own backyard in Baton Rouge and pray to her and see these beautiful images over at St. Agnes Parish in downtown Baton Rouge. Margaret, we have a couple of minutes left. I think the one thing that makes your parish so unique are the Missionaries of Charity right next door, uh, where we can go and help those in need. Uh, can you tell our listeners maybe where they can go to find out more information and seek volunteer opportunities? Um, the best thing to do is to call the sisters directly, um, and I can give that phone number if you'd like. Sure. The, yes, the phone number for the Missionaries of Charity is 383-8367. Um, so it's always best to just call them directly, and if you want to volunteer um, or have any other questions, um, they're the best ones to go straight to. Can you repeat that number one more time, Margaret? Yes, it's 383-8367. All right, and that's a 225 area code, so we will go and post that in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. I needed you to repeat that so I got the number correctly so I could post it, but thank you so much. Margaret Lovecraft from St. Agnes Parish in Baton Rouge. We appreciate you joining us and telling us a little bit more about this young saint. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Alicia, real quick, we have about a minute left. Advent at Sea. Advent at Sea is happening. It's this Advent, December 7th through 11th. Father Chris Decker and our friends and family from Catholic Community Media are setting sail for a four-night Western Caribbean cruise. It will be wonderful. It's a Thursday through Monday. It's December 7th through the 11th. You leave on Thursday afternoon and you return uh, pretty early on Monday morning. So you could go into work a little late on Monday. Uh, There's one stop and that's in Cozumel, Mexico. Father Chris will be aboard Carnival's Valor to uh, celebrate daily mass, hear confessions and provide a little spiritual direction along the way be a great way Mm -hmm. to celebrate Advent. Absolutely. Stay with us. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins Alicia right after the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. morning. We're so happy you are tuning your heart to the truth with us this morning at 7, uh, 7.35 on Wake Up. We talked about Advent at Sea that's happening December 7th through 11th with Father Chris Decker, but I failed to give you the way to find out more information. And that is by visiting ccmedia.live. Scroll down on the homepage and you'll find a link to make reservations with our cruise a consultant. So check that out, ccmedia.live. We are joined this morning by our friend Jeff Young. He is the founder and producer of the Catholic Foodie blog and podcast and the author of Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. He is the Catholic Foodie. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, y'all. It's great to have you with us on this chilly Friday morning. 
It's always good to be with y'all. Oh, wow. Well, Even when it's chilly. Even when it's chilly. That's right. Because I know you have your cup of coffee in one hand, right? Phone in one hand, cup of coffee oh, in the other. <laughs> that's right that's right well jeff we love visiting with you about uh, recipes and about food and likes and dislikes we hear sometimes and uh and uh favorite restaurants and just different different uh traditions in our faith about food but this morning we're going to talk about maybe some uh some little people in our in our families and uh, how to get them involved in the kitchen that's right. That's right. That's right. You know, we still have a kind of a little one, you know, a seven and a half year old. Yes. Uh, but the, the older kids, the, the first wave of children uh, are 23, 22 and 21. And uh, one of the great joys that I have is seeing how they have taken to cooking. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they enjoy doing it. They, they know how to do it, first of all, but they also they just enjoy making meals. And uh, and that was something that I, I can't say I set out to make that happen. It mm-hmm. was not the plan. Uh, we were just being ourselves. Uh, we, we we cook you know, every day, and we just do what we do. And, and it was by osmosis, I guess, that they kind of picked <laughs> it up and, and found joy in it. But, you know, you think about it, even Zelly now, the little seven-and-a-half-year-old, I mean, she has been helping out in the kitchen for years at this point. Yes. And so you think about that. You know, the kids, it, it's... It's it it's so good for them, I think, on many levels, to be involved in the kitchen mm-hmm. because it, it they, they become a part of. It's not like they're just tenants in your house, right? They, they get to become a part it, in, in their in their bones, so to speak. They feel it. They're they're a part of, but also they get to be a part of making the magic happen. And nice. I think it does help, especially for like picky eaters, if they're in the kitchen and they're making something. Mm-hmm. It helps to break through that barrier, right? Yeah. And they'll maybe be at, at least willing to taste it. So some That's of the true. things, you can't just like have kids come in the kitchen. you got to kind of prep that and plan right. it. And, <laughs> right. and even though I think it's wonderful to do, there's definitely some things to think through. Yes. You know, first of all, you got to make sure you really want to do this. <laughs> right? Be ready to clean because up the mess, right? I think right? you should. Right. I think you should, but, you know, for instance, you have some folks who may not be as comfortable in the kitchen themselves. Yes. And yet, that's really no reason not to have the kids come in and help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you have to think through a few things first. Like, make sure you know, like, if you're going to make something, make sure you've made it before you know the process, you kind of know what's happening. Good idea. That's going to allow for more grace when the chaos happens, you know, because you know mm-hmm. what's coming. You know what you got to do. Nice. At the same time, it doesn't matter whether you're in the kitchen all the time or not. If this is the first time you're bringing your kids in the kitchen, you have to realize, you know, it's not going to go perfectly. Right. <laughs> and it's and it's and they're going to make a mess. And all that stuff is a okay. That's right. And it, and it really, it should just be encouraged. Make the mistakes. That's how you learn. Mm-hmm. Make the mess. It can always be cleaned up, right? And it, if, right. if you don't, if you're not making a mess. You're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, you got to get in there and make a mess. And um, and so you have to, you got to, you got to do this with a little grace. You can't, you can't, you can't approach it as I'm trying to get this final product produced mm. and we're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Can't be the approach. It has to be, this is uh, something we're doing together. Right. Nice. And, and you're helping them along, and it's okay if they don't get it right, and it's okay if they make a mistake, and it's okay if they make a mess. But some of the things that kids can do, like young kids, 
And we had Zemi doing this when she, because she loves eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, now she's changed because taste changed, and now she only likes egg whites. Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> but she will still help cook other people's eggs. And we had these little, um, like for the kids, we always had like a kind of a, a plastic type of bowl and plate mm-hmm. that they would use. Yes. And so we would use that to like scramble our eggs, to whisk the eggs. Okay. And whisking eggs is something simple that, that kids can do. Yes. And it's not, well, eggs are kind of expensive now, but right. I was going to say it. <laughs> no kidding. It's not going to be a, it wouldn't matter if it if it got messed up, but now it mm-hmm. might yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> right. with the cost of eggs, right? No kidding. No kidding. But you can have them rinse vegetables, rinse fruits. Uh, if they're soft fruits and vegetables, you can even have them slice it mm-hmm. under supervision, depending on their age. Um, it, rolling pin, if you're rolling out bread or if you're making some kind of, you know, biscuits and you're using a, a, a like a little a biscuit cutter or something, you know, they can take part in that. Uh, cleaning up is a good one. I always talk about doing dishes. That's like purgatory, right? <laughs> so they can always always help with, with cleaning, cleaning dishes. But yes. measuring ingredients, pouring ingredients, um, mm-hmm. spreading bread on butter, uh, all those are just little tasks that, that they can participate with. And then as they get older, they can do more involved tasks, like handling a knife by themselves once yes. they know how to do that. Yes. But it's just a it's a beautiful thing to see when kids get in the kitchen. You could you make that family dinner together, but you also are instilling in them, I think, a curiosity ah, and a desire yes. maybe to learn more. Well, right? and a little bit of um of self pride that they, they did something, they accomplished something that they're providing for their family. When my children were little, we really started with cookies, baking cookies, because uh, we family wasn't counting on the meal if it didn't turn out right. Uh, I think it's a great, even a math lesson, even kind of a science lesson, right? You know, you have yeah. to put this much of something in, uh, learning how to measure, learning how to, how to weigh. Um, to make something that everyone can enjoy is always fun. The cleanup part is the part that I think I may have failed at when my children were little. My son loves to cook, <laughs> and the kitchen looks like, you know, Hurricane Stephen went through there. But it's always delicious. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I'm trying to we're we're trying to explain to him that he does not have a cleanup crew. That's been tricky. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that that doesn't go away. Right. As long as they're in your house, it's going to continue to. Have, believe me. Oh my goodness. I think he's watched too many cooking shows because when he measures things out, he wants to get the. You know, we have the big set of glass bowls that go from the two tablespoon to the giant bowl, and he likes to measure everything out and have all the little containers, which is so nice for the cleanup crew mom who comes behind him. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's another thing I, w- I had thought about before we got on today is watching cooking shows together. Yes. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the cutthroat kind of stuff. Oh, you know, right. Everything's competitive today. I'm yeah. talking like the the more educational stuff that we had for, for years and years. That yes. was really good programming that taught you something, but it also, I think, kind of made people excited to get into the kitchen. I agree. And, uh, and that is something, because I know Zelly loves to, we, we'll watch stuff. We'll watch, you know, all the Good Eats as an example. Yes. Alton Brown's Good oh, Eats, just his, so fun and so the same. Yes, he's great. Yes, Alton Brown, that's a great one. Well, that's so fun. Jeff, I, before we let you go, let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, where they can find your book, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie. You can find me, the, the digital hub, home base, I guess, is catholicfoodie.com. 
but I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I think I'm going to keep it at those three, so don't go looking for me anywhere else. <laughs> and <think>. uh, <laughs> the book is on Amazon. It's at Catholic Bookstores. Uh, it was Liguri Publications, the publisher. You can always go to their website, too, and order straight from them. Okay. And we're going to see a new book from you pretty soon? Is it this Lent or maybe not Lent? It's in the works. It's in the works. I don't. I don't have a, uh, an exact date for you okay. yet. But it's, okay. It's in the works. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be anticipating that. Jeff Young, always a pleasure to visit <laughs> with you. Check him out at catholicfoodie.com. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great weekend. Y'all too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, stick around. Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and editor of the Gulf pa- the Gulf Pine Catholic Newspaper, joins us. We'll be right back after the break. It is 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Good morning. It's 12 minutes before the hour. We're happy you're tuned in to Wake Up This Morning. You're tuning your your heart to the truth. We're joined this morning by Terry Dixon. He is the Director Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and the editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic Newspaper. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Alicia. Good to be with you. It's great to have you with us again this morning, Terry. There's a wonderful uh, edition of the Catholic, uh, of the uh, Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper that is out. So let's just dive in. Uh, There's a beautiful article on the cover about Pope Emeritus Benedict. Yes, actually, Pope Benedict died the day after our paper went to press. And we were unable to stop the presses, so that's why the delay in putting news about Pope Benedict in the paper. But we um, very much wanted to um, share some stories about Pope Benedict. In addition to that story, we also have a story on his funeral and a fun little feature story on Pope Benedict's love of cats. Yes, I love that one. Yes, that's wonderful. Well, there are, I don't know if you've been to Rome, but there are lots of cats around the city, um, and I'm not quite sure why, but but maybe it has something to do with Pope Benedict. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're, um, maybe they're cat, cat flick. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Maybe they are. Maybe, Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I, you know, you never know. I, 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 you know, Terry, I'm a dog person. I always think cats, yeah. d- cats don't act too cat Catholic to me. But anyway, it's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> right, it is hard to say. <laughs> it is hard to say. Well, Terry, you also have a lot of wonderful things going on. You have the Di- Diocese of Biloxi bulletin board uh, in the in this issue, and there's some wonderful things happening in there. I thought we could talk about uh, Catholic Charities of South Mississippi has something new they're offering. Uh, this uh, they're offering counseling service. Can you tell us more about that? They are. That's a new thing that we have going on in our Catholic Charities office, you know, because there are times in our lives that we can't overcome our problems alone, so we need help. And um, Catholic uh-huh. Charities is here to offer that help of licensed counselors and will accept all clients regardless of their ability to pay. And fees will be determined on a sliding scale, and they're currently accepting the following insurances, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, First Choice Health Plan of Mississippi, Mississippi Physicians Care Network and Sigma, and you can schedule an appointment by calling 228 701 
800-242-0555. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful ministry that they're offering there. Uh, Terry, I'm glad you have that information in this issue of the Gulf Pine. There's also an event that jumped out to me, and that's at St. Peter Apostle Parish in Pascagoula. Can you tell us about the Gospel Concert Festival? Thank you for bringing that up. That'll be on Sunday, January 22nd at 2 p.m. at 3 p.m. I'm sorry, 3 p.m. on Sunday at St. Peter the Apostle Catholic Church on Telephone Road in Pascagoula. There will be gospel choirs, soloists, and praise teams. And I can tell you, if you go, you will not be sorry. Oh, wow. It Mm. sounds fabulous. That's wonderful. Well, Terry, uh, today, as we know, is the March for Life in our nation's capital. We've talked about that tomorrow in the state of Louisiana and on our state capital, there is a March for Life tomorrow morning. But there's also a pro-life victory prayer vigil in Gulfport. So tell us about that. That's also Saturday. Okay, that will be Saturday at 5 p.m. on the steps of Gulfport City Hall. Um, And also, on Sunday, we have the Diocesan March for Life, uh, beginning at Nativity Cathedral at 2 o'clock with the Rosary and Mass. After Mass, everyone will walk to the Biloxi Lighthouse Park, weather permitting. I think there will also be transportation available for people who are unable to walk. And if, if, if the weather does not permit it to take place, they'll go behind the cathedral into the Sacred Heart Center for the prayer vigil okay. and the Eucharistic adoration and benediction. Wow. That's beautiful. So again, that's 2 to 4.30 on Sunday. 2 to 4.30 on Sunday. Okay, great. There's so many other events in that event section. Terry, was there one more that you wanted to highlight this morning? Nativity BVM Cathedral Catholic School will be having an open house on January 29th. That's Sunday, January 29th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you're thinking of, if you live in the Biloxi area, you're thinking about sending your children to Catholic school. Please check it out again, January 29th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All right. Terry, speaking of Catholic school, there are lots of there's lots of information in this issue of the Gulf Pine Catholic uh, newspaper about Catholic schools. But there is an article that is my favorite uh, in this issue that uh, the Catholic school students interview Bishop Kinnaman. It's precious. That has become, yeah, that has kind of become a tradition. Well, it's our second year doing it. I don't know if you can call that a tradition, but we're trying to sure. build that tradition where for our Catholic Schools Week issue, we give the kids an opportunity to um, interview Bishop Kinnaman. After um, each of his school visits, he he meets with the students, and a select few students gather around him and ask him questions. Juliana Skeleton, our great videographer, videotapes these talks and puts them up on our Diocese of Biloxi YouTube page. So you can go there and uh, see the video of the kids asking questions of Bishop Kinnaman. Oh, how cute. I love it. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful questions. Uh, there's some great, and it's kids of all ages who've asked some great questions, what his favorite liturgical season is, different, lots of, of, of very thoughtful questions. But here's one of my favorites, because I think it's a question worth asking. Amelia, a second grader at N- Nativity uh, Elementary School, says, uh, why do you wear two hats? Why do you wear a hat under a hat? That's a great question, right? Haven't we all considered? I, I, 
I knew exactly what you were going to say. I knew which question you were going to pinpoint. And um, I'm not going to give you Bishop Kidman's answer. You just have to go to the paper and read it. It's on page three of this week's issue of the Gulf Pine Catholic. That's right. There are some wonderful questions and and fabulous answers from Bishop Kinneman. What a good sport for doing this. Uh, and it's just a great opportunity for kids to know, to really have that interaction uh, with Bishop Kinneman. So great idea. I'm, I think it's a great tradition in its second year, Terry. Uh, is there anything well, special? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you have any questions, I can write them down and give them to them. Just, there you just email me. Okay, I'm going to think about this. Gabby, you have any questions? Yeah. Okay, well, we will, we'll we'll ponder <laughs> those questions, and we're going to have you uh, throw them in next year for your third annual. Yeah. <laughs> so, Terry, let our listeners know where they can find the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper, the, the uh, newspaper for the Diocese of Biloxi. You can go to www.biloxidiocese.org and click on the picture of the Gulf Pine Catholic, and there you go. There, It'll be right there in front of you. Excellent. Or you can call 228-702-2126, and we'll hook you up with a subscription. Awesome. That sounds great. Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend. Yes, and Happy New Year. This is the first time I've talked to you this year. You're right. You're right. Happy New Year. Well, we're glad to have you on, Terry. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Well, just really quickly, we wanted to mention that there is a new letter issued yesterday from uh, Bishop Duca in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. There will be some additions in the diocese to really help with the demand of reliable care and easy, accessible resources for women in crisis pregnancies. So check that out at diobr.org. Uh, Gabby, I thought we would finish this morning on this uh, March for Life Day with with a prayer. In the name of the yes. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, our Creator, all life is in your hands from conception until death. Help us to cherish our children and to reverence the awesome privilege of our share in creation. May all people live and die in dignity and love. Bless all those who defend the rights of the unborn and vulnerable. Enlighten and be merciful toward those who fail to love and give them peace. Let freedom be tempered by responsibility, integrity, and morality. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son. Production of Catholic Community Media.